Well, well, welcome in on a Monday. We are live at Utah State University in Logan, Utah. This, and only this, is The Curd. Thanks for tuning in from wherever you may be, and however you may be tuning in to listening to The Curd today. We are on KBLU LP, Logan 92.3 FM, Aggie Radio. Find us on on radio. Oh, excuse me. Find us on radio.usu.edu and on the Radio FX app by searching Aggie Radio. Um, today, it's going to be kind of hard for me to talk about sports if I don't include this in because we see a lot of the successes in sports today and what they've been able to do. Give you a little bit of a, a motivation Monday, we'll call it. Um, Let's talk a little bit about new normal. I don't believe that we are are doomed as a society, I guess you could say. Um, We as humans are built to overcome things, improve, to uh, take what we've learned and and build on it. You know, we we have the potential to be builders, not wreckers. heard a lot about new normal today and in the past few days and in the past few months saying that well this is our new normal now guess we're just gonna have to deal with it um oh well this is our new normal you know you hear that a lot um in the past few months in regards to the pandemic that we've been experiencing you can take what we've learned you know, pre-pandemic and during the pandemic, and make this your, make your new normal better than what it was before. Learn from, you know, what we have available to us and build upon that. You can take your new normal and you can say, okay, well, you know, now that I have all this time to improve on certain aspects of my life, to improve on, you know, what I've been doing before, um, it gives you a lot of retrospective on what you can um, use your time more effectively on and what you can do to be a better person to, you know, be a, you know, better in your career, better in your family, better in whatever aspects that you've been hoping for. This now gives you the time to improve upon it. Don't just sit back and think, oh, well, this is our new normal now. I guess there's really nothing that we can do about it. This gives you an opportunity to do more, to be more. And I think that's something that, you know, I took for granted. I wasn't, I was one of those people that thought, oh, well, this is our new normal. I, you know, it kind of stinks. Hopefully we can go back to the way, the, the, the old normal, get things back to normal. Um, but we have an opportunity to make our new normal better than the old normal. That doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, we're going to be wearing masks all the time or we're going to be, you know, we have to stay six feet away from each other. But this gives us an opportunity to take the time that we have been given as hard as it has been to change, to change for the better. The sports leagues have all kind of shown us that it is possible. You saw the NBA, they worked through some kinks, but they have restarted the season and as of right now have zero cases of the virus in the bubble. The major league baseball has 
significantly gone from when the Marlins tested with quite a few positive tests to now we don't hear as many tests. The the players are being more responsible. I think they're doing a better job of keeping the virus out of the facilities. And I think the NFL is going to do the exact same thing. They have you know quite a few Titans players who have tested positive. They have Cam Newton who just tested positive uh, this weekend. They're going to be better for it. I I do think we're going to have probably another situation where maybe a couple games are canceled or, you know, move to later weeks and they're going to have to shift some bye weeks around and whatnot. But the NFL is going to be better for this. And they're going to take and understand it, not just the NFL, but the teams and the players are going to look and see, okay, well, Raiders without masks, Titans have... 11, 12, 13 uh, positive tests. Uh, the Patriots have a positive test, but so far no no other positives. And, you know, we'll see how that goes. I think we'll probably see a couple. Um, and they've got a crazy schedule today. I've just found out what their travel schedule is like for the next day, day and a half. And it is brutal. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get into Monday Night Football later on in the show. But the NFL is going to be better for this. And they are going to... You're going to hear a lot less about positive cases. There's going to be a lot more responsibility taken, I think, by the players. I think the Raiders have hopefully learned their lesson. Uh, I think Derek Carr came out and talked about, oh, well, yeah, we understand like that was a big mistake. We, shouldn't have, we should have been wearing masks. Um... And we can do the same. I think we should look to these leagues and see, okay, well, they've adapted. You know, they've changed. They've kind of been forced to because of money and, you know, other other aspects of sports that we don't fully understand ourselves. But we can take this opportunity to look, okay, what can we change to be better, to grow? Some of the teams and, you know, their skill and talent haven't really looked at that opportunity, but, and we're going to talk a little bit about that next, uh, kind of go over Sunday night football games. Um, going to start out with Eagles and 49ers. The last, I only watched the last five minutes of that game, and that was probably the, in my opinion, the best part of that game. Uh, the 49ers second string quarterback, Nick Mullins, uh, was, you know, decent all game, didn't really, you know, wasn't very flashy, or we didn't really see much from him. I think he only threw for a total of 200 yards. I believe he was 18 for 26, if I remember right. But in the last five minutes, about four and a half minutes left in the game, he throws a pick six. Now, the 49ers were only down by four. They you know, had to move up the ball up the field. They had plenty of time to, to score and hopefully get another stop and, you know, put put the Eagles away, I guess, if you could say that. Um, then he throws his pick six. Now you're down 11. And I, I was actually really surprised by this, but the 49ers took Mullins out of the game on this next drive and put in their third-string quarterback, uh, C.J. Bethard, I think is how you say his name, I couldn't catch the exact pronunciation 
And this kid, I mean, he moved the ball up the field. That was one of the most exciting last, like, potential wins last five minutes of a game that I've I've watched in a while. Um, on the first drive, I don't think he missed a pass. I don't think I don't think he ever whiffed on any of those passes that he threw in the, that first drive that he um, that they went and scored a touchdown on. Overall. He threw 14 for 19 and threw for 138 yards. Now, that's pretty much the same numbers that Nick Mullins was able to put up in the first three and a half quarters. Uh, so kind of some dysfunction there. I see with the 49ers, I think they really need Jimmy Garoppolo back in order to really elevate their other pieces. George Kittle uh, dropped a, a two-point conversion and wasn't able to catch that last touchdown. And I don't necessarily think that's his fault. It's definitely not the quarterback's fault because, I mean, a Hail Mary, you just kind of got to throw it in, in the general area. It's not anybody's fault, really. But I think that with Garoppolo there, they're going to be elevated more. I think they would have handled the Eagles if Garoppolo had been in the game, but he's not. There's nothing you can really do about that. Uh, the Eagles end up winning 25-20. to Carson Wentz had an okay game. I... I hear a lot of talk that oh well, Carson Wentz like we got to give credit we got to put some context like he had no pieces this and this and I I understand that but I really think that having a quarterback rating of eighty one point four with against a team that doesn't have their starting quarterback who kind of seemed discombobulated throughout the game. Carson Wentz, as good as he should have been, or as good as everyone says he is, should, I feel like, have put the game away and should have... I know, Listen, I know he doesn't really have much of the pieces that other teams have, and everyone's kind of using that to kind of blow over, you know, what Carson Wentz is, is doing or not doing. Um, he seems very hesitant. He seems very... You know, I don't, I wouldn't say jittery on the field because he's not leaving the pocket early necessarily, and you know as as much as bad as his O line is or has been, um, I really don't think that he is leaving the pocket too early or like jittery as you know nervous of getting tackled, which there might be because you know that injury can scare anybody, and especially when you're on one of your best seasons that you've ever had in your career. And your team goes to a Super Bowl. I mean, you don't take them to the Super Bowl, but you know you have a you kind of set them up for that opportunity. After that, I I don't think I've ever seen Carson Wentz be what Carson Wentz was expected to be. And that okay game, I I'm not sure that you can take that and say, oh well, Carson Wentz is back. Well, he didn't have any pieces, but those numbers that he put up, man, without any pieces, that's that's pretty good. I don't see Carson Wentz really coming back to exactly what he was before unless the either get Doug Peterson out and get a new head coach because, I mean, not necessarily that he's a bad coach, but I just don't think he works with Carson Wentz personally. And you got to get some better, some outside wide receivers that can, you know, really run their routes and get the, you know, really get a hold on the ball and, he doesn't really have that. Um, Deshaun Jackson really hasn't been what he 
what he's supposed to be either. I mean, I, we, we hear a lot about, uh, you know, how well they've been doing and working together, but there's really no juice to the Eagles, which is why I personally think they're, you know, why they're one, three and one or one, two and one. Um, but in, in an overall perspective, the 40, 49ers will be fine. It's not something that you need to fret about. They'll, you know, they'll be fine. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be coming back soon, and I think they have a fairly easy schedule uh, the remainder of of the of the season. Um, let's get a little bit into the news. Uh, we'll just kind of go through some things. The Seattle Storm went up uh, two games to nothing against the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA. Um, and I and I, I want to I want to get this out of the way because I know there's some people out there that are, oh well yeah women's basketball is hard to watch, women's basketball women's sports in general are just kind of, you know not where they need to be, and let me tell you that is not the case at all, I mean due to past events yes women's sports kind of started later and it used to just be men's sports and men only you know a lot of, it was really only men that played sports so they kind of at a disadvantage as far as the timeline goes but you know where women's sports are at right now I mean they fight hard they play hard and I was watching some of that WNBA finals game and they know their stuff Sue Bird is one of the greatest basketball minds I think we've seen in a long time um Brianna Stewart is tall she can shoot the three she really can pretty much score in any way that she wants to and I am so impressed with how because I never really watched the WNBA until recently because I was so caught up in NBA and you know these more mainstream sports and the more I got to watching and I was like during the summer there's really no NBA to watch there's no college basketball Um, but the WNBA is on in that span of time and I started watching a few games, and I was like, man, these women can are brilliant basketball players, especially for, you know, kind of the given that women are generally shorter than men. They're, you know, a little bit less athletic, generally speaking. Um, but they, I mean, they fight hard, and they work through that, and there are some very, very great uh, women's basketball players, and I think we see that with Sue Bird with Brianna Stewart. Um, if I remember right, I'm going to look up the... I think they had three players that had scored over 20 points in that game. Um, Sue Bird had 22, I believe. Actually, I haven't spoken on that. Brianna Stewart had 26, and I think Sue Bird had 16 with 10 assists. She put up a double-double. Like I said, one of the greatest basketball minds I think you know I've ever seen. Um... But they take the two two to zero series lead um, in the WNBA Finals over the Las Vegas Aces. Um, you can catch I think Game Three is tomorrow, if I remember right. I'll get that here for you in just a second. Um, yes, it'll be tomorrow, Tuesday at five p.m. again on ESPN. So watch out for that uh, if you want to catch that and watch some great women's basketball I would definitely tune in 
Um, I think that the Storm could probably take uh, the series four games to one. I think Asia Wilson on the on Las Vegas, she's a great scorer, was number one overall pick a couple years ago. Um, she'll really put up some numbers. And so I think she can really carry them to a, a game three or four win. But watch for the Storm to take this series four games to one. So let's get back to uh, some football news. Um, Rams and Giants, it's kind of a sloppy game. I believe this final score is 17 to 9. Uh, at the end of the game, the Rams safety, Jalen Ramsey, and wide receiver Golden Tate, I think is his name, got in a pretty big brawl. Uh, really, kind of the whole, the entire, both, both entirety, the entirety of both teams, excuse me, were kind of trying to break up the fight. A lot of punches were being thrown. Um, heard some from some um, other analysts that guys should have just made a circle and let the two brawl it out. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think that would have really gotten anywhere. Obviously, it would have been kind of funny to see. But luckily, I don't think too much came out of it. So, but I mean, Jalen Ramsey's kind of a fireball, anyways. So I would expect something like that to happen every once in a while. It's not too surprising there. Um, Derek Carr uh, came out and said after losing to the Bills um, on Sunday, the loss 30-23 to 23 is, he said he's sick of losing, which I think anyone would be, um, especially with how, you know, they just moved to Vegas. And when you move to a new city, new ownership, new, it kind of, you know, can throw off your game just a little bit. You have to change. You have to adjust. And I think it's going to take some time for the Raiders to really kind of blossom. Um, I mean, they have played a pretty tough schedule thus far. So kind of have to play that in. But Derek Carr, I think, I mean, I don't know. When you say you're sick of losing, the news and media are going to kind of take over this. Oh, well, he wants out of Vegas, which I don't think is true. Um I think he's trying to use that as a motivating factor for him and his team to say, hey, let's, we need to step it up. You know, we're going to be having some challenging games ahead. Like, let's show everybody what we're all about. So watch for the Raiders. Keep an eye on that. I, I think that they can come out and really make some uh, challenging plays for other teams. Um, in America's Game of the Week, uh, the Cowboys lost to the Browns. Uh, 49 to 38 and I think it I believe it was the Cowboys are the first team in history or well not the first team but they've allowed the most points in the first three games of the season than any other team in the history of the NFL and I believe it was 126 127 points um, which is crazy the Cowboys defense is awful I mean if you're letting the Browns which I mean, the Browns have, you know, they have Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb's out, unfortunately, so really no, nothing you can do there. But the running game is was really strong this game, and it shouldn't have been. Um, the Cowboys' defense should have stopped that with just Kareem Hunt and uh, with uh, Nick Chubb out. Should have been able to stop the running game a little bit more. Um, and as great pieces the Browns have, you really should not be letting anyone score 49 points now the Cowboys offense is great don't get me wrong but when you if you're going to be a Super Bowl contender if you want to be 
you know, somebody who's going to be making playoff runs throughout the next decade, you have to have a good defense, and their defense is not great at all. Uh, Dak Prescott came out and said he would rather swap historic numbers for wins, which, yeah, I think anyone who competes in any sport would rather win than put up flashy numbers. And I mean, we go to see that flashy numbers really don't get you anywhere in sports. Russell Westbrook was one of the first players in NBA history to have to average a triple double over multiple seasons, but he's not contending for a championship. And that shows. We talked about that a little bit before. There are guys who really aren't clutch number twos that will bring championships to your team. And not that Dak Prescott's number two. I don't think he's number two, but I think he's one of those people that can put up flashy numbers, but he, I don't think he's going to be bringing Super Bowls to the Cowboys. And I, th- I think Jerry Jones recognizes that. He sees what Dak can do, but they... And, of course, it's not Dak's fault that the defense is bad. But I think Jerry Jones is seeing that, like, okay, what can he do regardless of, you know, what he's given and what opportunities he has. And frankly, the defense needs to step up. Like, as bad as you are, you shouldn't be allowing 49 points in a game. But I, I, I'm i not sure that the Cowboys are going to be having Dak, Dak Prescott ne- next season, regardless of how bad he wants to be a Cowboy for life. Um, the Bengals get their first win of the season. Hallelujah. Joe Burrow tweeted out, it feels good to win <laughs> again, finally, after three games of losses and ties. Um, Probably, I would say, the youngest quarterback to get a win, a loss, and a tie. Um, Tom Brady leads the Bucs to a comeback win with five touchdowns. I think he did throw one pick six, maybe even two. I didn't get a chance to watch that game, and I've seen a few things around, but I I think he, you know, was able to overcome that get a comeback win against the Chargers, win 38-31. to um, I'm not sure exactly what to think of the Buccaneers because after, you know, being down um, against the Chargers, I believe they were down, yeah, they were down 24-7 to at one point. Um, and that's kind of an interesting team to be down that many points on especially when your offense has some of the best wide receivers tight ends and you got Leonard Fournette as a running back and literally one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time I don't know how you get down that many points so it's Tampa Bay is kind of an interesting team right now I don't think we I don't think they know exactly who they are um but then again Tom McBrady one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time if not the greatest quarterback of all time obviously is going to step up lead his team to a comeback, throwing five touchdowns. Um, it's, uh, good for him. I mean, I don't I don't really know what else to say about that game because there's really not much to say about, you know, them meeting the Chargers. They should have, you know, the gap should have been a little bit more, obviously. Like you said, you get down 24-7 to against the Chargers team. That's really not fantastic. I think you really have... An opportunity to look back and be like, okay, well, we we should really start out the game, you know, on a on a much higher level than, you know, what we did. 
And I think we're seeing that a lot out of teams. There, there's some teams who can really just get out and running, close out the game. Ravens are really good at that. When they get ahead, they're pretty good at closing out. Um, but a lot of teams I really feel are just, you know, they kind of sit there and then finally after so long they, oh, well, let's kick it into gear and maybe let's, you know, score some touchdowns and try to get back in this game. See the Cowboys against the Falcons. Obviously the Bucks against here the the Chargers. Um, I think we'll see that fizzle out a little bit more. But I think this season with no OTAs, no training camps, no you know really no preseason. I think we're seeing the preseason now. We're finally getting into. I think next week we'll see some actual regular season play of football. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Monday Night Football. We got a uh, two games tonight. Lucky to be able to have two football games on a Monday night to watch. Uh, you can flip back and forth because they're going to be close to the same time. We got the Pats um, at the Chiefs and the Falcons at the Packers. Um, we'll get the times on you for those in just a second. But um, Patriots without their starting quarterback, Cam Newton. Uh, he tested positive for uh, COVID-19, I believe, on Friday. And they were scheduled to have this game on Sunday. Um but ended up not being able to play that due to trying to finalize whether or not any more Patriots had tested positive. Or, um, and once th- I think they got a f- quite a few tests of negatives from the Patriots, they decided, okay, well, let's move this to a Monday, Monday night game. Um, I think the Chiefs handled this because they haven't really been, you know, they've had plenty of time to prepare. Cam Newton's not there to really run the field. Brian Hoyer's going to be their starting quarterback. I think we're going to see the Patriots really try, you know, really do a good job of stopping some of the Chiefs' offense, but um, I don't think that their offense is going to be able to get past the Chiefs' defense as much because one cam's out. Uh, I don't think Brian Hoyer's much of a runner. Uh, kind of sits in the pocket, and so, you know, the they're not really going to be able to break open the Chiefs' um, rushing defense as much as they would have liked if Cam would have been playing. Um, But there was a lot of talk of this game being a Tuesday night game, and I don't think the league wanted to do that to uh, the Patriots because they got to come right back back to New England and play a game um, on Sunday night or Sunday. I don't think it's a Sunday night game. And then they have a short week and they play a Thursday night game um, the following week after that. And so... I don't think any team's ever played three games in a 10-day span, and so I don't think the NFL wanted to do that to them. They wanted to really try to really get that Monday night game for them so that they're not only practicing three, four maybe days, and then playing Sunday night, and then only practicing three days and playing Thursday night the following week. Um, So I think they're really lucky to be able to get that in because I thought, oh, for sure they're going to get another canceled game. We're going to have to see that game played in later weeks but good for the NFL they were able to figure out you know tests I think let's talk a little bit about the Patriots travel schedule because that's I found out what this morning what their travel schedule is going to be like over the next day day and a half and man it it it's brutal but I think it's going to be the best for them like we talked about the two following games after this that they've got so the Patriots their schedule is um, 
early this morning before the sun rose in, in good old Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, the team met at the facility to be tested and to make sure that those tests came back uh, negative. They've got um, a certain number of the team personnel who are who are in close encounters with Cam Newton, um, who potentially have a higher risk of testing positive on one plane at one airport, and then they have the rest of the team that haven't been deemed close encounter with Cam Newton to be on another plane at another airport. And then they'll fly into Kansas City um, at also two different airports, each plane respectively, and then they'll get their test results back. They'll go to, I think it's two different hotels. Um, then they'll play their game uh, tonight, and then they'll get back to uh, Gillette Stadium at like, I think, 3 or 4 in the morning. And so it's pretty much a 22, almost 24-hour road trip uh, for the New England Patriots, and I think that's going to be brutal. I think it's going to be a hard time for them to come back throughout the week, and I think Sunday we'll kind of see them be a little bit more tired, especially going up against the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. That's going to be a tough game to win, and I don't think they will. I think the Chiefs will handle them. Uh, I think the Chiefs will probably win 31-18. to um, so you can catch that game tonight. Um, that will be tonight at 5.05. Uh, you can catch that on CBS. And then the regularly scheduled Monday night football game uh, tonight at 6.50. You can catch that around 7 o'clock. It'll be on ESPN if you want to check that out. The Falcons at the Packers. Uh, the Packers, or excuse me, uh, the Packers are without... Um, their two wide receivers, uh, Lazard and Adams, both out. Uh, it's funny, uh, Devontae Adams actually tweeted out, um, and it was actually deleted before he, you know, before ESPN could get a hold of it, but somebody was able to see it. Catch it says, Sorry, fans and friends, I won't be on the field tonight. I've done everything I need to do and proved I'm ready, but I guess I don't know my body as well as others. Good luck out there, my boys. Which kind of says to me he's kind of frustrated with the, the the training staff and the team doctors and everything. He uh, feels ready. He's, he says he feels great, could play tonight, but I guess the team doctors are going to be holding him out. Um, he their the other their other receiver Alan Lazard he underwent some core muscle surgery last week, and so I think he'll be out for a couple more games um so your two wide receivers who really aren't top wide receivers in the league um i think aaron Rodgers is going to have a tough time uh getting the ball down the field i mean you've got a pretty good running back so i think running the ball is going to be a key thing but maybe and i don't think it'll happen because the atlanta falcons have been awful but I think the Falcons can maybe pull away a win on this I think this is one of those games that's just you know one of those games in the season that the team's not supposed to win but they do and we don't know why it just happens um, a lot of experts thought that was going to be Miami and Seattle Miami was going to beat Seattle last week but Seattle Russell Wilson handled him um, but I think this is the game uh, the season that the Falcons they're not supposed to win this game they're supposed to win all the other games but they end up beating the Packers um, in Wisconsin. Uh, 
So you can catch that, like I said, tonight around 7 o'clock on ESPN if you want to check it out. Um, we're going to talk. We've got some questions coming in. Um, one from Instagram. Uh, we've got Jackson Harvey. Our, I'm hoping to get him on the show uh, a little bit more often, so watch out for Jackson Harvey being on. Um, our NFL insider, yeah, we're, we're going to call him our NFL insider, even though he's not necessarily with the teams or getting the the information at the earliest time. We're still going to have him on. He knows a lot about football. He uh, asked me, why does Kenyon Drake stink? <laughs> and um, if he was on with us today, this is this is what he would have said. Uh, he's been the most overrated fantasy running back in the league. Uh, he scored less points than Alvin Kamara scored last week alone, which is true because Alvin Kamara had, I think it was 44 points um, in the fantasy world. Um, and he's, yeah, I, I guess Kenyon Drake, I mean, you haven't really seen much from him. In this last game, he had, I think, 2.7 yards per carry. Which, I mean, if you do the math, that really doesn't get you first downs. Um, and it's funny because Jackson's saying that he's only played him every week because he's hoping that he uh, plays better. Um, which I think we all have that one player where we think, okay, well, I think he's going to play better. Um, in one of my fantasy leagues, I think it's Jared Cook as tight end for the Saints. I'm like, okay, well, you know. With Michael Thomas out, obviously, you know, Jared Cook's got to be getting a few more touches and still really haven't gotten much from him. Um, so I think we all have that one player, so you're not alone, Jackson. Um, he <laughs> is a big Jacksonville Jaguars fan. And I have to be honest, they really haven't been doing good. <laughs> um they uh the Jaguars played the Bengals um last night. We talked a little bit about the Bengals getting their first win. Um and that's with the Bengals having one of the worst uh offensive lines. Joe Burrow's just getting sacked left and right. Uh that's him getting a win with, with that, that bad of uh, an offensive line. I think the Jaguars we were hoping that they would be better this season. I think I, I really wanted to see Garden, Gardner Minshew really pop and just really kind of prove wrong that they weren't tanking for Trevor Lawrence, which, by the way, I think he should stay in college for another year because you don't want to go to any of these teams that are trying to get you. Um, but like I said, we haven't really seen Gardner Minshew play as good as he did the first couple games. Um but I mean, I wouldn't count them out. Is the other is the other thing. The Jaguars, their schedule coming up um, next week. They uh, trying to get it here. So next week they go to the Texans, who have been kind of discombobulated. I mean, I don't think I don't think they win that game. But then they follow up with they they play against the Lions. They go to L.A. and play the Chargers, Texans again. And so I think they've got a stretch of games here that they could really put up you know maybe get two wins two losses or three wins one loss so don't don't lose hope on the Jaguars um I don't think they'll be the worst team I don't think anybody really wants to tank necessarily 
obviously you want to plan for the future, but I don't, I don't really believe in tanking um, as, as a player, especially tanking as a player. I don't think is possible. You don't just go out and just, I'm just going to go have fun. Like, and you're obviously not going to admit it, I guess is the thing. But I, if I'm a player, I don't want to just go out and, and I'm, I'm a really competitive person. Anybody who knows me, I get really frustrated if I'm not playing well or doing well, or I lose. Um, and I can be better at that. I, I will say that I, I have been a sore loser at times, but I am a very competitive person and tanking to me just doesn't make sense. You obviously want to go out and prove that like if I'm Gardner Minshew, I want to go and play the best I've played because one, your team probably does want to tank. Uh, your owner and GM probably really want Trevor Lawrence because of what they've seen from him. But if you're Gardner Minshew, I would want to play out of my mind because then you get these other teams that don't get Trevor Lawrence that say, okay, yeah, we want that guy. And obviously like you don't want to stop playing at that kind of a level, but you do want to play out of your mind so that, because if you do, if this team ends up getting Trevor Lawrence, if they do tank quote unquote for Trevor Lawrence, uh, you're going to be out of a job essentially in the near future. Um, I am not sure that you'll see the Jacksonville or Jacksonville Jaguars get Trevor Lawrence anyways. But like I said, from the perspective of Gardner Minshew, I would really try to do my best because then you can go to a team that actually needs you and doesn't really have a chance of getting, you know, a, a first round quarterback in the draft this year. And you can really kind of show who you really are. And it's really hard to be on a team that wants to tank anyways. So I don't really blame him for not being as good as he has been in the past couple games. Um, just got another text in. What about those Patriots stopping the Chiefs offense? Listen, <laughs> I know the Patriots have had one of the best defenses in the past couple years. Um, I mean, they've they've been they've had a history, of course, of having one of the best defenses, and I think that's why Tom Brady was able to work with a bad offense when he was there. Um, it was because their defense was good enough that they could stop other teams, and it gave the offensive chance to actually somewhat compete. But listen, Patrick Mahomes is one of the best uh, quarterbacks we've ever seen, and especially. I mean, we keep talking about this. He's just barely learning how to read a defense. That's insane. And he's going to be overperforming all these other teams that he comes up against. Regardless of how good their defense is, he's going to be able to read and see what's going on throughout the field and get his guys the ball. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me um, what he's able to do. Now, yes, I think they'll be able to slow him down so I think it's going to be a, a closer game um, but I think the Chiefs are definitely going to win it um, so let's get over to NBA for the last 10 minutes uh, game 3 was last night uh, Jimmy Butler put up an amazing game um, put up a triple double uh, I have some words about the Lakers we'll get to that in a little bit 
but let's talk about what the Heat were able to do. And, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler just went off and kind of revived my hopes of this being a six- or seven-game series. Um, but I don't think you're going to get that out of Jimmy Butler every game. So you're not really going to see the Heat really... I think the Lakers are going to jump back. I think this is a still five or six game series that the Lakers will handle easily. Um, but Jimmy Butler last night just kind of went to prove what he's been trying to do and the type of competitor that he has been over the past three years. And the teams that he's been on just haven't seen that, I don't think. One, because I think they, they think they're bringing in Jimmy Butler to be a number two or a number three guy on whatever teams that he went to. Um, the effect that Jimmy Butler's had on his teams is he goes to Minnesota and takes them to the playoffs for the first time in, or I guess in the past 18 years is the only time that they've been to the playoffs. He goes to Philadelphia. They are the number three seed. They play fairly well and you know go up against the Celtics who beat him out you know the past few years in the playoffs Jimmy Butler comes to Miami and they embrace his culture and his competitiveness and Miami's always been about uh, been about that about being competitive being the best Pat Riley's never really been one to tank he always seems to find those pieces that are like okay these together are going to be great and I think Jimmy Butler bringing that competitiveness to this team and the talent that they have and can have in the next few years, um, Jimmy Butler's had an amazing effect on these teams. And especially the Heat, you take them to you know, their first finals appearance since 2014, um, which was when LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh you know, were the Heatles, took them to the finals. Um, and if you can do that with, you know, LeBron did that with, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Ray Allen, all these great pieces that LeBron puts around him. And Jimmy Butler does it with an undrafted rookie, Duncan, Duncan Robinson, um, an overlooked rookie, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, who's a first all-star this year. Um, if you can, And you, you do that with, and you take them to the finals, That that is an amazing team player leader um that you just you have to recognize how good jimmy butler is and i i always thought maybe that he was just kind of a fireball and really came in and didn't really do much but i mean we've seen over the past years what jimmy butler has been able to do for these teams i love this guy's competitiveness in his heart and i think he's going to be the one to really take this heat team to the next level and hopefully we can see some more um see some more happen with heat i think if they get maybe one more piece next year um i think we'll see the heat still be a finals competitor in the east um and the east is getting better um so i think we're going to be seeing some more i mean obviously the west is still the best but i think we're going to see the the east come up with some pretty heavy competitors um now let's get over to the lakers side Last night was terrible, um, on and off the court. Anthony Davis was scoreless and had two fouls in the first quarter. Um, I think the Lakers just fell in love with, oh, well, we shot the three very well in the first two games, so let's just keep shooting, and they really just didn't, weren't able to convert. Uh, it was kind of sad, actually. 
Um, and I think Anthony Davis ended up only scoring. I, he only shot nine times in total in the entire game. Uh, only only finished with 15 points, five rebounds. I mean, that is nothing compared to the past two games. And everyone's kind of overreacting, saying, well, he we lost his chance at the finals MVP or whatever. And that's not necessarily true because he can still come out. I think LeBron will probably win it because of this game because LeBron came out, had 25 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, close to a triple-double. Um did his best to contribute to this team. I mean, Anthony Davis was the number four scorer out of that entire Lakers team, and you can't have that. Anthony Davis has to be number one and on every night, with the exception of being number two on a, a game here and there. Um, and there's been a bunch of talk about LeBron walking off the court with 10 seconds. That, ugh, that kind of attitude just frustrates me to the core I mean here's a heat team without two of their star players I mean I wouldn't call them stars in the league but they're stars on your team you're at without Bam Adebayo you're without Goran Dragic and Jimmy Butler has an amazing game and with 10 seconds left you just walk off the court start walking towards the locker room um I had one of the, I saw one of the refs pointing over towards the fact that LeBron was walking off the court. I think he should have gotten a technical. I think that LeBron just needs to man up a bit and go over to Jimmy Butler and say, "Hey man, that was a great game. Like, we're still going to handle you in 6 games probably, 5 or 6 games. Um, don't expect to be doing that again, but you you did great. That was a great job. And we'll see you in the next one." But no, with 10 seconds left, the game's over. Um, LeBron just walks off the court, and there was still time left on the clock. I think there was still about a second left, and he just walked off, and the Lakers had to put in another player. Like, come on, LeBron. You're better than that. You shouldn't be just walking off the court in frustration, kind of look back, just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. The game's over, and walk back to the locker room. Throws his armband at somebody and gets frustrated. Come on, you you had a good game yourself. The Heat won once. You're still up 2-1. I know we're in this whole thing of job's not finished. But listen, okay, put some respect to the Heat. They have fought so hard to get to where they are. Jimmy Butler has puts up a 40-point triple-double and is the third player in NBA history to do that. And you disrespect him by just walking off the court with 10 seconds left. Game's not even over. I mean, that is just one of the most frustrating things I've ever seen, and it frustrates me to the core that he would just walk off after Jimmy Butler's having an amazing game like that. Like, go recognize, and and he did in the post game interview, which is good. Like, he said, yeah, that's he played amazing, and you know, and by the time I'm actually out of this league, I'm gonna miss that. I'm gonna miss going up against heavy competitors in the finals. But why don't you say that to his face? Go to him and say, hey, you had a great game. Like, that was one of the most amazing performances I've seen. Especially with two of your star players out. But, once again, we see... Oh, I just... Oh, I, I I don't even want to talk about it anymore because that just is so frustrating to me that you would do that. I, I think he should have gotten a technical. 
I, or at least the Lakers should have gotten a technical of the whole team um, just to kind of embarrass them. I would want to, I'd want to embarrass them personally uh, just because that's, that's, you're better than that, LeBron. You're better than that. Um, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, had a great show today. We're going to be coming back on Wednesday. Um, keep an eye on this. We're going to be having, we're be looking forward to an interview in the next couple weeks um, that you're not going to get anywhere else. Uh, so watch out for that. Coming up on the curd. Um, go ahead and follow us on our social media at the curd USU on Instagram and Twitter. Um, thanks again, everyone for tuning in. We appreciate you tuning on a Monday. We'll catch you on Wednesday at 10 AM here on Aggie radio, KBLU LP Logan, 92.3 FM. Again, you can catch us on the radio FX app, uh, by searching Aggie radio, or you can tune in online at aggieradio.com.